Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Bold Ambition Podcast. Today on the podcast I interviewed Nicole Odin and she is actually an attorney in the state of California and I really wanted to bring her on because she had she has found the need for legal services in the space of online entrepreneurs and she found the need and she brought it to life and I loved hearing your story but also the legal side of um, online entrepreneurship and so I feel like this is something that's a little bit of a different change of pace but something that we all need to hear so if you're an online entrepreneur new to the game or been around for a long time and you don't have any kind of legal things in place um, this is a really good episode to listen to and know what exactly you really need um, to have in your back pocket um, and that's not going to cost you a ton of money, and she has made that available to you. And she has all kinds of services that she offers and templates, and I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. So please let me know what you're loving about this episode or any episode over on Instagram at Mindy L. Hancock. And um, yeah, I will see you inside. I'm Mindy Hancock, Mindset and Life Coach, and you're listening to the Bold Ambition Podcast. This podcast is a high-vibe, expansive space for the bold, ambitious, badass-whatever-it-takes woman. Settle in. Let's do this thing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Today on the podcast, we have Nicole Odin. I want to make sure that I pronounced your last name correctly. I probably should have asked before I hit record, but here we are. So, okay, so Nicole Odin, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. So, for everyone who is listening, let me give you just a tiny background on Nicole, and then she's going to tell her story as well. But Nicole is an attorney licensed in the state of California. And after receiving countless questions from online entrepreneurs, she realized the need and decided to start offering legal templates to take the expense and overwhelm out of the process for online entrepreneurs. So welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to dive into this topic. I think it's something that, um, is not talked about enough anyway. And so I think that it's really uh, kind of like a really good breath of fresh air, a different kind of perspective, things that we're going to talk about today. Um, so welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Um, it hasn't been kind of a straight journey to get here. It's been kind yeah. of a winding path. So I'm excited to kind of share because I know a lot of your listeners kind of are in full-time jobs, side hustles, and I've been there. So <laughs> yeah. So I love that. So if you will, um, just kind of give everyone a background who you are. Obviously, we know a little bit about you, but um, just let them know who Nicole is. Where did you come from? What is your background? What has led you to this point? Yeah, so I am a licensed attorney in the state of California, and I'm just going to start by saying I love my job. I love the law. I love research. I love drafting. That's just kind of my thing. And I was never one of those people that expected to become a mom and kind of figure other things out. Like I was just throwing myself into work. I was working 12, 14 hour days. I lived for my job. Um, and that was kind of to be expected. And I know as attorneys, there's kind of a stereotypical image of what an attorney looks like, what their life is like. And I was throwing myself into that and I loved every second of it. 
And then I became a mom. <laughs> and having a three month old at home and working 12 to 14 hour days just didn't, it didn't work. And on top of that, I really battled with postpartum anxiety and would not admit that I had postpartum anxiety. So it was just a hot mess. <laughs> my first, my first year of being a mom, I, you know, was really figuring things out. And when I went back to my firm job, I just knew like instantaneously it wasn't going to work and I needed to figure something out. Um, and so I kind of had started reaching out to other attorneys I had worked with and just saying, you know, do you have a part-time attorney gig? Like in my head, I could piece together like two part-time gigs and make it work or, you know, because student loans don't pay themselves. And as an attorney, they're ridiculous. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I actually connected with like four or five other female attorneys who said, you know, we have a need for somebody to come in and take on contract based work. Like if they had overflow assignments and I thought, Hey, I could make this work. And so I just went out and started my own firm. It was kind of just a spur of the moment. I went and quit and just said, I'm doing this and it's going to work. And the way I went, um, you know, which was an amazing opportunity to be able to have my own firm and kind of have instant work because I'd already started kind of reaching out, but I still really struck, like I was still struggling with my postpartum anxiety. I had gained all of my pregnancy weight back because I was breastfeeding and sucking down any food I could get my hands on. And I ended up stumbling on beach body. So I'm trying to get my firm running I'm struggling with anxiety. And then my, my coach and who's now like one of my business besties had reached out to me. And so I ended up kind of just stumbling into beach body and I signed up to be a coach for the discount to be honest right. <laughs> and kind of started coaching and reaching out to other women and kind of helping them, you know, in, in their journey. And which was amazing because I lost my pregnancy, you know, my pregnancy weight again, and had found a way to connect with other women, which was something, you know, starting your own firm is kind of lonely. You, know, you get used to being in that work environment and then you're at home. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that is those connections. Um, so it was kind of like a win-win, but people would find out I was an attorney when we'd be chatting mm -hmm. and the legal questions just started flowing in and you know, it's a very fine line for me to walk between kind of giving general information and education and advice. And I didn't want to jeopardize my license, but every time I tell them like, go speak with a small business attorney or somebody in your area, it was kind of like, well, I don't want to do that because it's too expensive or I don't want to do that because it's way too complicated. And I just thought it was like one of those aha moments that they say entrepreneurs have, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, I, there's something that I could do. Like I could fill this, this need. And so I decided to start offering legal templates for other online entrepreneurs as a way for them to make sure that they're legally protected without having to spend a ton of money and without it being so complicated that they feel like it's over their head and they just don't want to deal with it. So I went from, you know, my firm to Beachbody coaching to starting an online business. So I still do run my firm. I work full time with my firm. It's been amazing. And my side hustle now is my online business. And I'm still a beach body coach in the background. I'm still doing that, but I'm not really coaching anymore because I'm putting all my focus into my online business. So it's been kind of a crazy journey. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so I don't think in the online space or in the online entrepreneurship world, a lot of times we don't think about the legal side of things we, I mean, it's there and it's something that, you know, you might think about, but not everyone thinks about it and not everyone um, really thinks about the power and like how having yourself like covered or having things like 
something there to help you and so that you're not at the mercy of other <laughs> of things that might happen. So first of all, I wanted to ask like, why is it so important? Like at, coming from an online entrepreneur, um, what could you tell a new online entrepreneur coming in? Maybe she's a coach, maybe she's um, a health and fitness coach, maybe she's, you know, I mean, a life coach, whatever it is, what would be, why do you feel like this is such um, a need? And what is it that you, can you tell what you offer at this point? What is, what is it that you're offering online entrepreneurs um, that makes it easier for them um, to make this um, something that seems so daunting and something that people are a lot of times they don't know too much about. So we kind of like shy away from it. We don't want it's too much and um, it's expensive. Yes. And so sometimes we just decide to like, well, that'll never happen to me. I don't need to worry about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so you saw the need and you brought it to life. And so just give me a, what, why you feel like this is so important. Yeah, of course. Before I jump in, I just do want to say that Everything I'm going to chat about is legal education and information. It is not legal advice and it does not create attorney client relationship between us. Right. You want to make sure that you do consult an attorney in your local area for your particular business needs. Um, so as an entrepreneur, I think the first thing you jump in and a lot of us kind of have shiny thing syndrome. Like you think about all the cool things that you can do as an entrepreneur and all the things that you feel like you have to do, you know, the, the logos and the branding and the making sure your social media is on point and, you know, getting your customers and most entrepreneurs kind of say, I'm going to deal with legal later mm -hmm. and later never happens. <laughs> and then yep. they have their first issue. And so for me, I like to tell entrepreneurs that legal is like insurance because the question is not if something happens, it's when. And that is something that most entrepreneurs do not like to think about. They don't want to think about a client who requests a refund and they don't want to think about, um, you know, a client that refuses to make a payment or if they've got an e-course or a downloadable product and somebody asks for, you know, a chargeback through their credit card, all these things that are just kind of risks of being a business owner. We don't want to think about them. We'd rather think about the amazing clients we're going to get and the money that we're going to make and that's great. It's a good attitude to have, but it's not realistic. And so when you get legal in place from day one, you're kind of addressing that when something happens scenario, because you've thought about those what if scenarios in advance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether it's a client contract that you have in place with your clients or website policies, like your terms and conditions and your privacy policy, um, even something like a, you know, uh, independent contractor agreement if you're going to hire a VA if you're at the point to where you're scaling your business you want to make sure that you're clearly spelling out kind of your agreements getting it in writing making sure it's something that you can fall back on if a dispute arises or if there's a question about the scope of your services and it really does save you time and money and a huge headache because when that issue arises you can't go back and put legal protections in place after the fact Right. You're going to be stuck with a lawsuit potentially or a settlement out of court if you're lucky that could cost you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So yeah, you'll learn a lesson, but you'll only be able to put protections in place after the fact and have that exposure, which is really scary because most entrepreneurs do not come from a background of law, you know, that especially 
I'm finding a lot of people kind of just hang their shingle and call themselves a business owner and they don't take the time to educate themselves. And so that's kind of the niche that I wanted to fill because in the online space, I started connecting with so many other female entrepreneurs and they're amazing at what they do. They're so good in their zone of genius, whether they're a VA or a business strategist or a success coach or you know, whatever that zone of genius is, but they just don't want to take the time to talk to an attorney. They don't, and they don't want to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on custom drafted contracts because a lot of the time, especially in the early stages, you're going to pivot in kind of your business. It happens. That's kind of part of being a business owner. So if you go spend $5,000 on custom drafted contracts and then you try, you know, decide to change kind of your course of direction, guess what? You're going to have to go spend that money again to have something else drafted. So having a template that spells out everything that you can go in and adjust as time goes on, you can change to kind of mirror your policies and you have the option of taking it into an attorney to review. So you're spending money rather than drafting it on just kind of maybe an hour or two of them reviewing. It really simplifies the process. And it's something that is such an amazing business investment because A, you can write it off as a business expense. Right. And B, you have it for years to come. So that was kind of just a course of action that I decided to take because I knew as a business owner, it was something that I wanted to do too. So even for me, I was, you know, kind of getting these things in place and I'm an attorney. So taking the time to learn it for me was a little bit easier, but I know that a lot of early stage entrepreneurs don't have the resources to go learn these things. They're not attorneys and it's a scary thing to hire somebody. So exactly. So when you say templates, so basically what you're what you are doing is you're giving entrepreneurs templates that can be editable and they can change as they change their niche market or their whatever they're changing and growing. They can change these editable templates as well. But you do advise that once you do it to like have and have an attorney look over it and make sure, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So the template basically spells out everything in each situation that you'd want to consider um, and there's different provisions that I've got options. So, you know, be a refund policy or a payment policy in your client agreement or in your privacy policy, there's different things that you need to spell out, like what you're going to do with the information, what third parties you share it with as an example. Right. So you go in and you kind of uh, particularize it for your business. And then you do have the option of, you know, just running with it from there. Or if you want to go the extra step, you can take it into an attorney, which I do always recommend is having that kind of final review, but it's up to you because you know that it's an attorney drafted template. It's not just something that you Googled and cut and pasted together, which is another kind of issue that I saw a lot of entrepreneurs doing there. You know, my cousin's sister's friend uses this agreement. And so I'm going to use it. And there's issues with that because a, that could be somebody's copyrighted material that you're using. So guess what? You're opening yourself up to a lawsuit. And you don't know. Exactly. And B, you don't know if you're protected because there might be provisions in there that you need that that template didn't have. So by offering kind of an all encompassing template for, um, for example, I've got a client agreement for health, business, life, wellness coaches, that kind of spells out from A to B what you need to be considering. And within the template, there's kind of highlighted sections that say, if you do this, you need this. If you don't do this, then you can remove this provision. So it kind of step-by-step walks you through things to consider. And 
with the um, women that have purchased the template so far, I've gotten so many emails from them saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much because that's something I never thought about. And that's kind of, that's why I do what I do is because I want to make sure that you're thinking about those scenarios and making sure that those protections are in place. Yeah. And I think that as an online entrepreneur myself, um, when I started down this journey, I'm going to be very honest, legal was, I mean, I thought about, <laughs> because my husband is also an entrepreneur and he does have a lot of legal advice um, and the things that he does, of course, his, um, his advice to me was like, okay, you do need to look at what you're doing whenever you're, when you're um, coming up with a contract for your clients. So of course I created my own contract. Did I um, consult anyone at that point? No. And so now I do think like, well, what, what, you know, what is it? Is it, does it hold a lot of water? I don't know, probably not. But then, cause it makes me think too, even a payment agreement, you know, having some sort of legal advice on what if a client or customer backs out or, um, doesn't pay or you can't get payment, like how, what can you do legally? So there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of information that I think that we don't talk about. That is, and so I loved that. I, I'm so glad to have you on because I feel like this is something that so many people need to hear, including myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that this is such, such good information. And so if someone is like, I don't really know what I need, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm kind of new to the online space. I'm new to um, being an online entrepreneur. And I now I, I'm listening to this podcast and now I feel like I need, I, I need to have some legal advice. Like where, if they were going to reach out to you, how, what, what is it that you would suggest in the beginning? Like this is what you need or these, this is the most important thing to have at the very beginning of your online journey, online entrepreneurship. Yeah, so I actually offer a online guide. So I have an online guide for early stage entrepreneurs and it um, basically walks you through step-by-step step, all of the things that you need to do basically from idea inception to kind of launching your business and scaling. So it's an online, guide, uh, online entrepreneur's guide to starting a business. And so if you go to my website, it's nicolesherioden.com, you can snag your free guide there and that kind of is your basic blueprint. And from there, um, once you kind of read through the things that you need and you kind of have an idea, you can actually head to my legal shop, which is where my templates are. And you can purchase them individually. And I also have bundles. So I have, um, for like bloggers, there's a website bundle that basically offers, you know, just your privacy policy and your terms of use. There's, if you have an online business where you offer an e-course or a downloadable product, there's a website business bundle. Um, and then I do have bundles for online coaches. And I'm slowly starting to add more templates as I get emails and messages on Instagram about, Hey, what about this? Do you have this? It's kind of like, okay, well, if that's something that people need, I'm going to add that, you know, because I want to make sure that I'm a resource for other early stage entrepreneurs. I've been there and I know how scary it is to not know what you don't know. And so yeah. that's why I created my guide is I wanted to kind of point you in the right direction of where to go. And if that's all you take away, that's all you take away. And if you, you know, buy a template, if you decide you want to go hire an attorney, but at least you have an idea of what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, I don't think that like, just like you said in the beginning stages, it's so exciting and it's just, you know, all of the, 
it's like you're in this pink cloud of like, I'm going to do all the things and I'm going to, you know, I'm getting all of these clients. I'm so excited. I'm, you know, it's, you're, you're lit up from this new passion and everything's so exciting, but you aren't. So it's really easy to not take a step back and look at the reality of things like what could happen and look at, you know, potential things that could happen down the road. And just like with any business, I mean, when you're owning an actual, I would say just like a brick and mortar business, there's a lot that goes into the legal side of it that you have to do. And so, um, and I only know that because of my husband, but, but when you're starting an online business, there's nobody telling you what you need or what you have to have in place and these systems and processes to make sure that you're covered. So I think that this is very, very important. And I, I love that you have created this space for online entrepreneurs to come and get, re get, even if it is, like you said, just the guide and figuring out where they need to go to, it's, that, that's powerful. And I'm so excited to have this out there for others that need it. But I do want to take a step, a, a step back a little bit because in your, in your, in your bio or your intro, um, we're going to take a little turn from, from legal for a second, because I, thought that <laughs> I was like, Ooh, that's some good stuff that you said there. So I wanted to ask you about when you were going through, okay, so you were working for a firm and then you decided to just branch out and you were like, I'm going to do my own thing. And that is scary. Like, I can't even imagine what that was like or what your, what your thought process was. But for someone who is like on the fence of whether it is, whether it is a side hustle or whether it is like, I'm going to take my side hustle and it's going to be my full time job at some point, And that's what you're wanting to do or whatever it is. But there's just something that you're feeling like you need to do. And it's scary to leave that comfort of this firm that you're at and just go out on your own. What advice would you give to someone to say, like, to walk through that fear and just seeing what you're made of? Yeah. So I think the first step is really identifying a need. Like you want to make sure whether it's stepping full time into an MLM or a network marketing business or jumping out and completely starting your own thing, you want to make sure there's a need for what your business is. Mm -hmm. So that it's a sustainable business model. So for me, I started kind of putting feelers out about, I want to say two months before I actually quit. So I was back at my firm for a month and that was it. And I knew I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I started kind of reaching out and trying to find that need and find a way to fill it. Um, and then I did take um, a three month position with another firm. So I quit from my firm and went to another firm to fill in for maternity leave. And it had kind of more flexible hours. So while I was there, I was working, but also building my contacts for when I went out on my own. So I was getting my independent contractor agreements in place. So I knew that on that last day of that three month gig, I had work lined up. Um, and then I probably would have built my own firm faster, but my husband and I had kind of sat down and I really wanted to spend that first year with my daughter a little bit more. And so we made the decision and I'm not telling people to do this and not everybody has the option, but we made the decision to catch out my 401k mm -hmm. to let me build my firm slowly and let me be home with my daughter a little bit more and pay down some of our debt and really so I could pay my student loans. Um, I deferred them as long as I could without it being too scary. <laughs> me too. And, <laughs> and that, you know, for us, that was what we needed to do for me to deal with my um, postpartum anxiety and be there for my daughter and just kind of make sure that I was 
doing what made my heart happy. Yeah. And so it was just kind of a fulfilling thing to be there for my daughter, but I am not, and I might make some people mad, but I'm not the type of person that could be a stay at home mom. It's just not in my personality. I wouldn't have felt fulfilled. Um, so I had my time with my daughter and then I, you know, I've just been up and running since and I've got my, my firm's full time and I do my online business with my side hustle. And I hope as my online business grows to kind of balance that out and cut a little bit back in my firm. Um, but it's allowing me to have the flexibility to be with my family and work-life balance is such a huge thing. And I'm not one of those people that says you're always going to find a work-life balance because I don't think you find it. I think that you create it. And I don't think there's ever a perfect balance because there are weeks that I am just throwing myself into work. And there's weeks where I can say, I'm going to take two days off and go see my daughter's Christmas play and, you know, go have lunch with girlfriends. Um, yesterday I went with some girlfriends and we had tea at a garden for a little holiday party. And yeah. so having the flexibility to do those things for me, that's the best thing about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's that, I don't know if you've ever, um, dabbled into like learning more about like masculine and feminine energies. And like, if you've ever read the book pussy, but, um, it's all about that, but it, there, like you said, balance, like you can't really always say there's going to be this balance, but being aware of like, yes, you're in the masculine, you're going to throw yourself into work this week, but you also need to, on the other side, find that feminine flow of like, I'm going to be with my girlfriends for an hour. Or I'm going to take a day off and spend it with my family. And that is huge. And, um, but, and like you said, like I will on a side note, say, I agree. Like I could, I know for myself and I've said this, my, I am not a mom, but I know that if I ever am a mom, I will not be able to be a stay at home mom either. It's just not in my nature. Um, I'm typically a, I go, go, go. Like I always, it just, I love to just go and do, and I love to have a purpose and not that being a mom is not a purpose and staying at home is not a purpose. It's just, I know it's not for me. And, but like my sister's a stay at home mom and she is fabulous at it, but I know that I could never do that. Like, I just know that I can't. So, um, I'm right there with you. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. So, um, yeah, I think that all of this is, is definitely powerful. And I think that someone who is wanting to step out on their own, that they just have to kind of realize what works best for them in the season of their life and whether it is burning the boat and just getting out there and doing it. Um, or if it's putting systems in place to make the transition a little bit easier, like you did, I just think it depends. It does depend on the person and depends on their situation, but, um, it can happen. Um, and you can like, so when you decided to start your firm and, and did you ever, like you knew it was possible, you knew that you could do this and, but it's not, it's probably not been the easiest journey. It's probably, there's always going to be things that are going to kind of, sometimes you're like, it would probably be easier to work for someone else. <laughs> you know, not a, I'm not the boss. I'm just going to go in, do my job and I'm going to leave. But at the end of the day, what is it that like, I'm sure as an, as a business owner, you're like, it's so rewarding to have the power. So what, at the end of the day, what is it that you love owning your own business? Like, why do you love doing what you're doing now versus working for someone else? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, really it's about freedom for me. Um, I, and again, loved my work at the firm and my husband used to complain because I would get in at 7am and there were some nights I wouldn't be home until like nine or 10 not going to lie. 
Um, so that passion for the law is still there. Yeah. But I didn't realize how chained to the firm I was until I took a step out and started my own thing. And to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to guest on a podcast and not start work until 11 a.m. And, you know, to be able to say, well, tomorrow I really have a lot of shit I need to get done. So I'm going to start work at six, but I'm going to stop by 3 p.m. I mean, just that freedom of setting my own schedule and having the ability to say yes or no myself versus having my boss tell me which clients we're taking on and which assignments I have to do. And, you know, in, in the field of law, like there's deadlines, you know, I've got filing deadlines, I've got court dates, I've got, so that's all, you know, some things are out of my control, but I can control if there's a client that I just know, I don't agree with the stance they're taking. Um, then I can say no to that assignment. Yeah. And I have chosen to work with other uh, firms that are actually run by female moms. Like that's just to me, that's the niche I want to fill. And so if I'm sick one day and I just have to take a step back and take the day off, they get it. Mm-hmm. You know, they get it. If I have to work on something that's due at 10 PM, because that is what it is, I am able to do that. And I don't have to worry about getting called into my boss's office and, you know, having him say, look, you've got, you've got to get your head in the game because my head is in my family at, at the beginning of the day. That's where my priorities is. And I, I just can't think about being with a firm that the firm has to be a priority. My priorities just shifted and I'm able to build a life around my new priorities. And that's, what's important to me. Mm, yes, exactly. And like you said, priorities shift and things change. And when you're growing a family, like things, yeah, when, when you're young and I feel like too, even for me, my full-time job is, is a teacher. And so when I first started teaching, like I thought that like my, that was my life at that point. And I would spend so much time there. I would go on the weekends. I would bring everything home. And my husband was very upfront the first, you know, year or two um, that I was in it and was like, you at some point are going to have to figure out, you know, where is this, when can you shut that off and be present where, you know, at home or whatever. And so, um, it took some time, but, you know, just having to adjust your priorities and what is, what is the most important to you right now? And it doesn't always have to be all work. Like, and you can, when you're an entrepreneur and you have the, the luxury of like kind of building your, you have, you can build your own schedule. Yes. You still have deadlines that you have to follow. Um, but even, I still think it's important as for myself to, <laughs> to set deadlines for myself as an online entrepreneur, but just because for me, that's the way I work best. So, mm-hmm. but you still have the luxury of changing things around. And if, if it feels better today to start a little bit later or, you know, stop or um, end your day a little bit earlier and spend some time with your family or, or go out on a date night, whatever it is, like it's okay. And it's not anything to me, and I say this now that I've been in my career for longer, and I tell this to some of my friends that it's always going to be there tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. it's if you can't, like, if it if there isn't a thing that you have to finish right now, and there's like whether it's a deadline and you have to get it done because of X Y Z, or it's going to hinder something. For me, I'm always like, is it gonna hinder their learning tomorrow? Like, if it doesn't have to be done right now, then it's going to be here tomorrow. There's no reason for me to stress over it. I can go and my priority is to show up for myself or show up for my clients and my online business or show up for family. So um, I I totally agree. Totally agree. 
Yeah, I think it's, it's important too to understand that I think as entrepreneurs, especially in the online space, because we see everybody posting kind of their highlight reel on social media. So you see everybody talking about these big wins and how they're making six figure, seven figure months. And, you know, you get this like now, 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 now mentality. And you don't understand that, or at least a lot of early stage online entrepreneurs don't understand that building a business is a long-term process. It's not something to where you're going to hang your shingle and, you know, next week, all of a sudden you're going to be making it big and you're, you know, this huge sensation. And for some people, yeah, it works out that way. But in the scheme of things, it's a long process and we don't see the struggles and the missteps. And, you know, I, I just always tell online entrepreneurs to think long-term. And for me, especially in my business, kind of building connections has been the most important thing for me. Um, because I feel like when you look at your business as just sales and you're just so income driven, you're not going to succeed because that end goal is just, you're looking at people as numbers and people feel that whether it's through a social media post, through your interactions, through your discovery calls, they're going to know that you're looking at them as just a number. You need to focus on connections and why you got into business to begin with, which is helping other people. And when you do that, you're so far ahead of the game and so far ahead of so many other people in the online space, it will pay off. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. Connections are key and not just, and I feel like too, sometimes we, I mean, you can pick them out too. Um, the people who are trying to connect, but you can see that it's, there is, there is a hidden agenda. You cannot have a hidden agenda. Like you literally have to just genuinely build connections and grow relationships and nurture them online. That's the way it works. And for some, it's like, I'm going to go post this and I'm going to connect and nurture in this little, and this is just going to, it's going to happen. But my hidden agenda is I'm trying to, I'm going to at some point pitch myself or pitch my product. We don't like, and I try to tell my clients too, like, to me, the, the growing your online business tactic of friending 10 people a day that you have no idea who they are is not, it's not working anymore. Like, why are we friending people that we don't know? We have to build a connection. And to me, I don't friend people unless like we have to build a connection. Usually I'll allow them to friend me because if they want to be in my energy, then that's, I want them to want to be there. I don't want to force them to be there you know, like, or I friend them and then they feel like they have to be in my, they feel like they have to accept me. And it's just all about genuine connections and not having an end game. Um, because we can, people see right through it. And like you said, it can be, it can be as people see through the posts that are from a space of desperation and lack. And all I want is that next person to sign up with me or that next person to buy my product. They can sense it. They can feel it from the first line that you put in that post. So it's all about not only creating connections, but it's also figuring out who you're serving and serving them. Because if you're not like, if you can post all day long, but if you're not serving to the person that you really truly should be serving, then it doesn't matter if you're, for you, like if you're not trying to serve online entrepreneurs, you know, if you're just posting about legal advice in general, but you're not thinking about these online entrepreneurs and what this powerful, like need needed niche market you have right here, 
then you're not going to serve those people because they're not going to resonate with it. You're just giving legal advice. So it, it definitely, there's so much in, in the power of connection. And I feel like too, a lot of people say, well, I don't know how to connect. I don't know how to build my network. I don't know how to do that, but it's not to me. Social media is like a gold mine. It is. There's so many people. It's like you have the world at your fingertips, but you have to treat it with, honestly, I feel like you have to treat it with care. You can't just go out there and start just blasting things because that's when you're going to end up, people get that bad taste in their mouth. Like they're not, they're going to see it for what it is. And it really is, like you said, quality connections. Yes, a hundred percent. And I, you know, I'm going to be honest. We all became business owners because we wanted to make money. Like, let's yes. be real. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm not saying that I have no interest in making an income, but when you yeah. let that lead your daily business, when that is like your top priority, people see through that. And, you know, you always hear other female entrepreneurs talking about how the market's so saturated and I don't know what to do. And I'm just a firm believer in the power of value mm -hmm. and sharing your area of expertise and kind of naturally becoming an expert in your field because you become known for having quality information and freely giving it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always going to be people that are just going to push for the sale. And I just feel like you're going to be so far above those people when you're offering value to your audience and people are naturally going to gravitate towards that. And that's kind of what I've seen in my business building is it's really come from referrals. Yeah. I've got a Pinterest and I have an Instagram and I connect through people there, but I almost, I want to say 80% of my customers have come from somebody who I connected with who referred them to make yeah. a purchase because people don't buy from people that they just see their Instagram post. Like, let's be real. It takes, I think the last research I read, it was like 10 interactions before somebody makes a purchase. Yeah. So if you really think you're going to slap up a social media post with a call to action that just says buy and you're going to have somebody come by, it's not going to happen. Right. So. You're right. And it, it, there's so, you have to, when you said like just pull, posting something and says call to action and expecting it's almost like sometimes we have that field of dreams moment, like build it and they will come, you know, like it, you just build this business and all of the people are going to come. And, but it doesn't, there, it doesn't work that way. We do have to get very clear on who it is we're serving. We have to get clear as to how we're going to build these connections. But what you said about referrals is huge because what that means is that we want people who trust us they trust us enough to send, you know, someone else your way. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's, that's something that is even, it's bigger than any social media, you know, followers or connections that you could possibly have. It's because someone sees the value in what you do enough and they trust you in your work enough to refer somebody that they care about to you. That's when you know what you're doing is working. When yeah. someone says, I need, you need, to work with, you know, Nicole, you need to work with her. She knows what she's doing. That is huge. You've done your job at that point. You have shown value. You've created connection and you've created like, know, and trust with people. So that is huge. And I totally, totally agree um, with all of that. So um, it, it's all about just 
honestly, it's, it's so people make it so hard, so much harder than it has to be. And when they, when you said too, like people say, Oh, it's so saturated the online world and it's so saturated. But the thing is when you're creating quality value, um, to the people that you need to serve number one. And then the next thing is that I feel like there's, there's never, when people say it's saturated, there's just like an abundance of people. There's an abundance of possibilities. I don't believe in like that there's not enough people to, that I can serve or that you can serve. Like, yes, there's other people that do what I do. There's like, I, I could count probably 30 right now off the top of my head that do what I do. But at the same time, who's going to connect with me is not going to connect with them. It all is all about who you are and showing up as yourself and being authentic and creating this space and this energy that people want to connect with. And they may not connect with me, but they connect with some other coach and that's fine. That just means goes to show that, you know, not everyone is meant for everyone. You have to, it just, you can't serve everyone really in reality. So, yeah. So I think that that is huge and I love that you touched on that. Um, so I am so excited that you came on the podcast, but I do want to ask you three random questions because <laughs> <laughs> I like to just kind of wrap up things with random questions to kind of just get our minds off of everything and just end it on a, on a different note. So, um, my first question is what is your favorite word? Oh gosh. So I have two. I okay. picked my words for 2019 and these, these are kind of what I'm going with right now. It's visibility and abundance. Ooh. Um, just because for business building, I think that's so important. Visibility in terms of making connections and abundance of connections for 2019. Those are my goals. Yeah. I like that. Um, question number two is what is your favorite sound? Oh gosh. My daughter <laughs> laughing oh. like that just melts me every single time. Last night she was having a tickle fight with my husband and I literally like almost started crying. Just that sounds, it, it just melts me every single oh, time. I love it. Oh, I love it so much. I don't have kids, like I said, but my nieces and nephews, I can just listen to them laugh. And my sister will send me videos of my nieces just cracking up over something silly. And it just makes my heart. I just love it. Oh, so I totally understand. Um, and my last question is bedroom car or desk? What do you clean first? Bedroom. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, thank you so much for being on. Um, I wanted to see if you can let the listeners know where they can find you. Of course. So you can find me on Instagram. That's my favorite place to hang. Uh, Nicole Shree Odin. Um, you can also find me on Pinterest. That's a new thing that I've started and I'm really loving it so far. It's Nicole Shree Odin there. And you can Head to my website if you want a snag and online entrepreneur's guide to starting a business. You can snag it there. It's NicoleShreeOden.com. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for being on here. I think that this episode is going to be well received and so many people are going to walk away with some really good information and some information that they probably have not really thought about and they needed to hear. So thank you for sharing this side of entrepreneurship that needed to be heard. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Yes, thank you. And guys, I will see you on the next episode.